the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the Scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. This week, we're studying section 84, one of the premier and penultimate sections in the Doctrine and Covenants. It's long, and it's quite often labeled as... uh, a revelation on the priesthood. Joseph Smith coined it as that. It's right in the introduction. But there's so much more to this section. It's a revelation on temple worship. It's a revelation on missionary service. It's a revelation on our own personal connection to to God. And so I'm really excited for this study and for what it can do for us this week and hope that uh, the time that you listen, the time that we spend helps you with yours. Now, to start off, um, there are a couple of things I think we need to discover about the priesthood that will help us as we study section 84. And so I've got three questions that I kind of went in search of as I studied section 84. The first one is, what exactly is the priesthood? Now, that question has been asked thousands of times in Sunday school lessons and gospel doctrine lessons, and the answer has been given thousands of times, well, the priesthood is God's power. Simplest definition, it's God's power, which I like because that puts the ownership of the priesthood where it belongs. The priesthood does not belong to anybody on earth. Even though I might be ordained to a priesthood office, I don't possess that priesthood. It's not my priesthood. It belongs to God, and he has given me a small portion of that or delegated a small portion of that power so that I can perform a specific responsibility or action within the church. I also like describing it as God's power because it provides a much more expansive definition of the priesthood. Um, One way I've come to picture this that's been really helpful is if you imagine a chalkboard or a whiteboard and you draw this giant circle and uh, delineate that circle as a representation of God's power. That circle is all of God's power. What we often do when we talk about the priesthood is we pick one small part of that circle to talk about, but we pretend as if that's the whole circle. So for example, In section 84, a lot of times we focus on the offices of priesthood ordination. There, you know, there's a lesser priesthood and a greater priesthood, and there's offices in the lesser priesthood and and offices of the higher priesthood, and those offices carry certain responsibilities. And we focus on that and we say, that's the priesthood. Well, it is one small part of God's power. Yes, he does give a portion of his power to Aaronic priesthood holders or to Melchizedek priesthood holders to perform specific responsibilities. But his power is so much more expansive than that. There's so many more ways that he uses his power and that he gives his power to women and men so that they can perform responsibilities, assignments, uh, and things in his name on earth. And so what I want to do with this question, what is the priesthood, is expand that definition of priesthood just a bit. So if you'll go with me on a bit of a scripture chase, uh, starting in section 131 of the Doctrine and Covenants, there's a, a teaching here that I think 
uh, begins to open up what the priesthood is. Even though this these two verses don't use the word priesthood or power, I think it lays a foundation for something. So this is section 131, verses 7 and 8. It says this, There is no such thing as immaterial matter. All spirit is matter, but it is more fine or pure and can only be discerned by purer eyes. We cannot see it, but when our bodies are purified, we shall see that it is all matter. Now, there's a lot more in that than I can understand, but at the very uh, basic level, um, I what it teaches is that spirit, the thing that we often call spirit, not the Holy Spirit, that's something different, but when we talk about the Spirit of, of God or the Spirit of Christ, um, that there is something material that it's not just some figurative cloud of something out there that inspires us to do good or that touches us or enlightens our minds. It's, it's, there's actually substance to it. It's just substance we can't see or feel with our mortal eyes, but there is an actual something that is called in these verses, spirit. That's stop one on this scripture chain. And it's an important understanding because now as we go back to section 84, we will find some synonyms for that word spirit in section 84. So section 84, verse 45. Listen for the synonyms for spirit. For the word of the Lord is truth, and whatsoever is truth is light, and whatsoever is light is spirit, even the spirit of Jesus Christ, and the spirit of Christ, and the spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world, and the spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of the spirit. In other words, that thing spirit that we read in section 131 that is is an actual thing, not just immaterial matter, but there's actual substance to it. That thing is the same as light and the same as truth. There is something out there called spirit or light or truth that's an actual tangible, if you will, force that enlightens us, guides us, and helps us. In fact, if you go to section 50, verse 24, uh, it adds to that list of synonyms a pretty expansive phrase. That says this, that which is of God is light. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light, and that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. In other words, anything that comes from God is light. Or, to tack on those synonyms, is also truth or spirit. Now, one final stop on this scripture chain, and this is the one that links it all together and connects it with the priesthood. This is section 88, starting in verse 11. And the light which shineth, which giveth you light, is through him who enlighteneth your eyes, which is the same light that quickeneth your understandings. Which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God to fill the immensity of space? So we're talking about that light or that truth or that spirit that comes from God that's not immaterial. It's an actual something that comes to us and enlightens us and helps us. And then this. Who 
which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God to fill the immensity of space, the light which is in all things, which giveth life to all things, which is the law by which all things are governed, even the power of God who sitteth upon his throne, who is in the bosom of eternity, who is in the midst of all things. In other words, that spirit, which is light, which is truth, is also law and is also God's power. Now, I have a very fundamental understanding of this, but at the very least, there is something that God has that is called light or spirit or truth or law or power that he uses to enlighten us, to guide us, and then he gives portions of that to us so that we can use it as he uses it to help others and to perform certain actions and, and, uh, and responsibilities in the church. That thing is the priesthood, or we call it the priesthood. But it's more than just a specific office. It's something that comes from God and is meant to make the lives of his children better. And to go back to that verse in section 50, verse 24, it's something that we can grow in. We can acquire more of this light, this power, this spirit, this truth, um, and it can grow brighter and brighter in us. We can become more and more, or we can acquire more and more of it, which helps us become more and more like our Heavenly Father and make a better difference in the lives of people around us. That is God's power. And I think that's what the Lord is trying to reveal in section 84. So question two then is, who has that power? Certainly, um, men are ordained to priesthood office and given responsibilities within the priesthood. But if you've been listening over the past couple of years to church leaders, they've been very expansive in how they talk about God's power and his authority, that it is given both to men and to women so that they can perform the work that God gives them on the earth. Uh, men and women are endowed with power in the temple. Uh, missionaries are given power to preach the gospel. Uh, auxiliary leaders, organizational leaders, elders quorum, relief society are given power to perform the work that God has given them. And yes, a relief society president may not possess a particular office uh, in the priesthood. She holds an office in the relief society, but she has power given to her from her heavenly father to perform the work that uh, he has for her, just as an elders quorum president or a bishop or, or a young men's advisor or a nursery leader is given power to them to perform the work that God has given them. That's one way that God's power is accessed, but we have access to his power in many different ways. When we pray and ask for something to, ask for the Lord to do something, ask for God to do something, he does that through his power. So prayer is a way that we can access that power. Um, fasting is a way that we can access that power. Temple worship is a way we can access that power. Paying tithing is a way we can access that power. As we read in section 84, there's lots of other ways we can draw upon that power, which we'll talk about here in a second. The third question, what does that power do? And this is one of my favorite things that section 84 teaches. Um, it talks about the temple. And one of the things it teaches is that that power of God or power of godliness, as it said here, 
comes through priesthood ordinances and helps us to see God. So this is verse 19 in section 84. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, meaning in the ordinances of the priesthood, the things that God does uh, in temples or in other places, those ordinances, in those ordinances, the power of godliness is manifest. And then verse 22, for without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. In other words, God's power uh, given to us through ordinances helps us to see him. And then to go back to uh, verse 45 and to continue on to verse 46, the Spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world, the Spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of the Spirit. Remember, that Spirit is light and truth and power. And then this, And everyone that hearkeneth to the voice of the Spirit cometh unto God, even the Father, and the Father teacheth him. In other words, the power of God is meant to help us see God more clearly in our lives and to help us learn from him what he would have us do. Now, that's a lot. And as you study, you'll find more teachings and doctrines related to that power or that truth, that light. But one of the questions I think that could be really powerful to ask yourself as you study is this. How can I draw the power of God more into my life? Um, that question comes almost directly from President Nelson himself a couple of years ago when he invited us to consider how we could draw the power of Jesus Christ more into our lives. It's a great question to help you invest your mind and heart into your study this week. And then to connect to God uh, in your everyday life, what can you practically do with this? Well, in verse 33, it mentions that we can obtain the priesthood, which is light and truth, and uh, and then the rest of the section, I think, helps us to figure out ways that we can obtain that. How can we get more of this power and light into our lives? And one of them goes back to those verses I've been reading a lot in, um, verse 43. Uh, if we give diligent heed to the words of eternal life and live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. In other words, giving diligent heed to our scriptures, to our scripture study. And it mentions later on specifically the Book of Mormon. That can help draw more power and light into our lives. You want to feel more power in your life. Give more diligent heed to your scripture study and commit yourself to live by what you learn. If God commands something in the scriptures, then take it upon yourself to try and do what it is that he's commanding you. And that, I think, at least for me, helps me to draw that truth into my life. Um section 85 or verse 85 is one of my favorites and I think a good place to to end Um, in these verses the Lord's asking his disciples just like he did of old to not stress so much about what they're going to do or how they're going to get it done and he says in verse 85 take thought uh, neither take ye thought beforehand what you shall say but treasure up in your mind continually the words of life and it shall be given you in the very hour that portion which shall be meted unto every man. So, as you study section 84, of which this is just the smallest introduction to a single idea, 
look for truth about God's power that is given to all of us, available to all of us. Ask yourself how you can draw that power more into your life and seek for things you can, or seek for ways that you can give more diligent heed to what God tells us to do in scriptures so that we can draw more of that light and power into our lives. And when we do that, my experience is, the more light I can draw into my life, the more things make sense, the better my life goes, the more I feel at peace with myself and with the world and with my relationship with God. That light enlighteneth us that live in the world, even though we might be going through difficult trials or through darknesses. So enjoy your study this week. Hopefully this is helpful, and we will see you next episode.